This is A Voice, a podcast with Dr. Gillian Kays and Jeremy Fisher. This is A Voice. Hello and welcome to Series 5, Episode 2 of This is A Voice. The podcast where we get vocal about voice. And in this new series, we're going to be taking you through an exercise each time from the This Is A Voice book. And uh, we haven't done this before. We did this last week for the first time. Mm. Went very well. We've had some great feedback from Mm. it. So the exercise today. In fact, we're sort of going to do a combination of two. This is actually from the section on ventriloquism and mimicry, which was largely written by Jeremy. Yep. And we're going to be looking at one of the vocal archetypes we introduce for characterization or yes. mimicry. And uh, this one is called the breathy light archetype. And that is page uh, number 42, exercise number 42, page mm-hmm. 104. Uh, the reason that we wanted to do this is the breathy light archetype, first of all, it's very useful. And it's extremely useful when you're doing close mic work, uh, spoken voice on radio or singing. And because so many singers buy this book, I suspect that they haven't read the ventriloquism and mimicry um, uh, section. Mm, mm. And there are some great exercises in there. And this is really where Mm. we go into this particular archetype in quite a lot of detail. Yeah. And I also want to say, you know, you you often see when people are are talking about critiquing a voice Mm. that... That, you know, singers get criticised for being breathy. Oh, I can hear air in your voice. Mm. And um, it isn't necessarily a bad thing. In fact, it can be very beneficial and it can make a lovely sound. Absolutely. So we hope when you hear these um, exercises today, you'll find it useful. And we're going to, Gillian's going to take me through the exercise and then we're going to say some of the updates that we do and possibly some of the corrections to the uh the written stuff that we would now change because mm. this was written... 2015. Years, yes, seven years ago. Wow. Seven years ago. Number 42, the breathy light archetype. The physiology of this archetype is a less firm closing of the vocal folds so that some air can be heard. Since more air is released with the sound, you will need to breathe more often when using it. So, step one, using a gentle or sh sound, puff a little bit of air out through your mouth. Allow the air to float out rather than being pushed or directed. Okay. Uh, Can I do a pushed one? Mm. Now, you, you might use that type of um, energy and drive if you're doing a voiced fricative, an unvoiced fricative mm-hmm. exercise. But for this exercise, we just want the gentle version. I like that because the thing I'm noticing in particular is not only that there's more volume in those fricatives, but the speed of air is different. Speed of air is very different. So you're kind of more letting the air out on the sound rather than directing it, as we've actually said. Oh, the air is so much slower. And that's critical to this exercise. It is. Okay. Step two. Now bring a hand up close to your mouth and repeat the f or sh. Notice that you can feel the air coming onto your hand. There is something interesting 
interesting that I will say, which is when you do the F followed by the SH, the stream of air hits your hand at a different point. With the F, it's directly in front of me, and with the SH, it's much further down my hand. I'm just interested as well, because, you know, uh, in the last podcast, we used a little exercise that I'd learned from the late Lynn Darnley, where she'd get actors to feel the breath coming onto their hand by getting them to lick it. Mm. What is the difference for you between just feeling the breath mm. and then feeling it on the fricatives in terms of coldness of air on the hand? Do you want me to lick my hand? Actually, I do. <laughs> you. <laughs> I actually, this is really interesting because there's not that much difference when I lick the hand. I can still feel pretty much the same amount of air. Mm. Mm. What about but, if you just blow air? Um, the airstream isn't as directed. If I just do a sort of thing, uh, the airstream is less strong. So it's much more focused and, and direct when I'm doing the fricatives. And also the air is slightly warmer when I just do an R. I did love getting into that detail. Hmm. Okay, so where where the heck are we? Were we on step three? <laughs> Blooper. Say hey or hi as if greeting someone you like as they sit down close to you. An intimate sound created without projecting your voice. Hey. Hi. Oh, that's so comforting. Step four. Say hey hi and hello using the breathy light tone you practiced in steps one and two make sure you breathe in between each sound hey hi hello step five as in the previous exercise it's important that you begin to extend the sounds so that you can get comfortable with the vocal setting Read a line using this vocal setting, repeat the line and elongate every syllable. Okay. So I'm just going to go back to my, hey, hi. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. Would it be okay if I tried that out? Yeah, absolutely. Because I was just thinking, if you're listening, uh, Jeremy has large lung capacity. And I noticed that he got through the first sentence in one breath. I don't think I could do that. Let's see. Hey, hi, hello. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. That was very interesting. I, I only needed a little top up mm. uh, when I wasn't elongating. Mm -hmm. But I think as soon as I elongated, my singer brain came in mm -hmm. and I controlled the breath in a slightly different way. Interesting. I, I want to take this point to talk about breath flow and speed because we are leading you really to do that really quite breathy loose sound. Mm. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. And if you're talking about the difference, it's almost like I'm not going to talk percentages, but it's the amount of voicing and the amount of airflow. 
And really that's quite a lot of airflow and not that much voicing. And I want to do some differentiation. Yes, I'd like you to do some comparison. Yep. So if you read it now with a, a clear sound, you know, quite yep. a clear, strongish sound, yep. and then you used the breathy light and then different versions of breathy light. Okay, clear, strong, the breathy light I've just done and then different versions. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. And that third version is sort of halfway between the two. We have air leaking out, but I'm not pushing it. Mm. Now I'll do the pushed version. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. And really, uh, because of vocal efficiency, that's a sound and a setting that you might use for a bit of a vocal effect or for a little bit of characterization. But if, for, uh, for example, you were reading a book as a voiceover artist, you wouldn't want to be doing your narrative in that voice. That is so much airflow and speed. I've actually gone dizzy just doing one sentence. I think also what's very interesting about this, which is why we wrote the mimicry chapter in this way, mm. is that we respond differently to those different voice archetypes, don't we? Mm. The reason that I want to go with this is that we are using the breathy light archetype quite a lot, but we're mm. using a very mild version of it. And so I want to go from the clear sound to just allowing a little bit of leakage so that you can hear the difference. Mm -hmm. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. And it's slightly more diffuse. It's slightly, I always think of it as sort of slightly fluffier, slightly more velvety. I think you use that quite a lot. I use it in my Because you've got voice. a big voice yeah. when it's full on, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I use this type of sound all the time, which is this very, very slightly diffused version mm. because I don't want to frighten the horses. Mm. Um, Can I have a go? Absolutely. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. And it's that very slightly fluffy edge to mm -hmm. it. Now, interestingly, people, when we're talking about every single version of the breathy uh, archetype, breathy light archetype that I've done, is all on a an M1. It's all modal. It's all chest voice. They all the breathy. Just because we're adding breath does not turn it into anything other than one can or we, a modal. Can we go there in a minute? Because yes. you interrupted my flow. I'm so sorry. Here is the slightly more pushed breath version. And can you push more? Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. And what's interesting about that is it sounds a bit intense, oh, doesn't yes. it? Yeah, it's slightly hysterical because it's so high energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so as Jeremy has said, none of these is uh, in a falsetto type voice. Yep. Breathy does not mean falsetto. Shall I? Shall I? Oh, go on, do it. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. That's still M1. Oh, damn it, damn it, damn it. Go into your singing brain. Hello. Hello, everybody. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. 
Good. That's M2. Do you want me to do it a bit lower? That was the problem. No, 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 no. You're absolutely fine. Okay. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. Can you now make that more breathy? (sighs) Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. (laughs) My piano teacher used to speak like that. (laughs) Okay. That's M2 with and without breath. Oh, that was challenging. Yes. Right. So do you want to demonstrate for them or? uh, Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. Once there was a young rat named Arthur who could never make up his mind. And the thing is, it's much more obvious in male voice, isn't it? Because um, men tend to do falsetto quite a lot higher in pitch. I had to change my pitch as well. But some of these settings aren't pitch dependent, although there are areas of pitch range that they like best. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so I think we did step five. Yes. This is step six. Yes. Now speak a few standard sentences using this breathy light archetype taking care to maintain the vocal setting throughout. Yes. Hello, Julianne. How are you doing today? I'm just fine, thank you. Shall we do the final paragraph? Oh, let's read the final paragraph. Yes, we'll talk a little bit about that. So this breathy-liked archetype can sound intimate, earnest or persuasive. And scientists have demonstrated that it can be perceived as either vulnerable or sexy in both males and females. In the UK, it's typically used to voice adverts inviting people to purchase a treat. It's actually called the food porn voice. Yeah. Go and look it up on the internet. This archetype is also helpful for men wanting to portray female characters, especially if they wish to avoid falsetto. And a wonderful example is the late Robin Williams's characterization of Mrs. Doubtfire, where I think he used both. Mm-hmm. But mainly it was a it was a the breathy light. It's just a real masterclass. Okay, so we're moving to exercise number ninety three, and we're applying the breathy light setting in a singing context. The breath onset, which is on page one five eight, gives you easy access to this vocal setting. Bring your hand up close to your mouth and say ha, making sure that you aspirate the h a little. Ha, ha. Repeat, extending the vowel and maintaining the same breath flow and volume throughout. Ah, ah. And the feel of this breathy light setting is loose and flowing and the sound is slightly fuzzy and diffuse. It is. It's it's diffused. It is. Diffused, Yes. yes. Fuzzy and diffuse. Yes. Okay, step two. Say ha. Hair, who, ha. These are the vowels you're going to use in the song. Take a breath between each sound. Ha, hair, who, ha. Well, that's really interesting. When you get the oo, because of the lip rounding, the airflow feels much stronger on your hand. Okay. Step three. Now sing the vowels on a comfortable note in your pitch range. It is useful to feel a little bit of warm air on your hand as you start each sound. I'm going to speak them, then sing them. Yeah. Ha, he, hu, ha, ha, he, hu, ha. 
Ooh, yeah. that's nicely controlled. And they're quite well matched as well. Yeah, and I'm not hearing any gusts of air. Nope, you're not getting them. Okay. Um, step four. Take your hand away from your mouth, but continue singing ha, he, hu, ha, and experiment with different notes in your range going higher and lower. Ha, he, hu, ha, he, hu, ha. Very nice. Step five. Now sing the hallelujah phrase from exercise 92, aiming to stay in the breathy light setting throughout. You may need to breathe in more often than for the strong, clear setting, as this setting uses more air. To breathe in again quickly, release the centre of your abdominal wall. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can I play around with that with different air speeds? Yeah, and it might be quite nice because you demonstrated very nicely on different pitches. Mm-hmm. It might be nice for us to hear it in different parts of your range. Okay. In different keys. I'll do the same sound but higher up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's really got the feeling of being very delicate up there. Oh, that's one that often fools listeners, isn't mm, it? They I'm think s- it's falsetto because it's so gentle and light. I'm still in M1. Mm, hang on. Hello. I were keeping that one in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Still in M1. Mm. Okay, let's go lower. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's do the tuning. <laughs> That's really weird, jumping around in octaves and in this sound. Also, because it's quite close to the, the bottom of your range, yeah. it's harder to maintain that breathy light setting down there. And I think that's why it's messing with the tuning as it's well. It's messing with the harmonic. Messing with my tuning. Okay, let's do that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, hallelujah. That's really interesting. I almost have to bring more voice in. Let me go lower. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I have to change my vibrato down there. Now that I really like because I think we must be getting some um, resonance from between uh, from below the vocal folds uh, so we're getting some tracheal resonance there uh, yeah definitely very gorgeous thank you okay so this again the the changes that we would make to this exercise are really about air speed and amount and as you can hear even just in one voice in my voice i'm having to rebalance something at the top of my range that doesn't work at the bottom this is um this type of setting is actually used quite a lot in ensemble singing, isn't mm, it? Yeah. Uh, particularly people who are close-miked. Yes. Uh, Jeremy, can you read the final paragraph? Yeah. 
This setting is quite versatile in terms of vocal range and may be taken across at least an octave, eight notes, in both the male and female range. It's useful for expressing intimacy, ease, and coolness, and because it blends well in harmonies, it's commonly used in backing vocals. Industry examples of this setting are Nora Jones singing Don't Know Why, and the opening phrases of Justin Timberlake's What Goes Around Comes Around. People, listeners, you will probably have updated versions yeah. uh, of uh, great examples to listen to. I mean, you know, send do, them in. do comment, send them in. Yeah. Uh, if you want to make any comments on this, or if you want to, even if you want to try those demonstrations out, go to speakpipe.com slash vocal process and record us a little message. And Jeremy, I just wanted to say as well, for any new listeners, we talked a, a little bit about um, M1 and M2 or chest register and falsetto. You can do this exercise without having to dig into any of that at all. Just follow the instructions Absolutely. and you will be able to do it. We just like to nerd out on that a bit. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, thought of the week this week, Gillian. It's the inspiration of the week, yeah. yes. Doom scrolling. Or not doom scrolling, which tell, is more to the case. Tell me what doom scrolling is. Uh, doom scrolling is something that you do. <laughs> I didn't know this. Yeah, I try not to do it actually. But uh, people, you you all know, I'm sure, that you know the algorithms of social media are t tend to be very much geared towards the negative, and mm. that's simply because, uh, sadly, because of the way our brains work. Um, we are more attracted to the negativity because we want to protect ourselves. And Jeremy can be a little bit of a doom scroller on... Um... I'm, I'm fairly new convert, convert to TikTok. Yeah. So uh, my uh, it For You page is um, full of stuff and I just end up scrolling for an hour. I'm stopping doing that now. Yeah, yeah. So why um, am I stopping? Why am I stopping? What is it about doom scrolling that is not good for you? Well, it actually focuses your mind on negativity. There's a lovely article here, uh, which is a couple of months old now, and which was in Positive News mm -hmm. by Oliver Berkman. And he's talking about how to become news resilient because it's a, it's a really good article. there is a lot of, you know, bad news around at the moment. Uh, we'll put the link to the article in the show notes. Yeah. And what he's saying is it doesn't make you a better person to spend hours marinating in the narratives over which you can exert the least influence. That's very true. And actually, we are both reading books which really underline that. And we just want to mention these books. Mm. Um, oh, by the way, before we do, Oliver Berkman, I love this, is the author of The Antidote, Happiness for People Who Can't Stand Positive Thinking. <laughs> I love that. And Help, How to Become Slightly Happier and Get a Bit More Done, <laughs> which is very English. So if that sounds like you, yeah. check out the show notes. Yes. Uh, so you're reading which book? I'm reading Dr. Rangan Chatterjee's Happy Mind, Happy Life. Mm -hmm. And I'll be sharing some nuggets of joy from that in future podcasts. Yep. And I'm reading Mo Gaudet's Solve for Happy, which is mind-blowing, mm. frankly. And I'm already starting to put some of those things into play, and they are really making such a difference. So we hope that this podcast has brought happiness and positivity to your lives and go out and spread it. Yes, in a very, very slightly breathy light archetype, please. Thank you. This is a voice. A 
Podcast with Dr. Gillian Kays and Jeremy Fisher.